Well, welcome back to the Genius Podcast for Season 2. This is Episode 2 in 2021. Last week, we kicked off Season 2 with an interview that I recorded with just myself, talking about and sharing a little bit about my journey and some of the things that the Lord has been doing in my heart, hoping that is helpful for you. And I had lots of really beautiful messages from people just saying that they really enjoyed that. So I'm really glad. Um, And they've also asked if I would do another podcast with myself just sharing a little bit more around this rhythms of renewal so that's what I'm going to do today and then next week I have an amazing woman to introduce you to and part of the joy and one of the privileges of my year last year was just connecting with all these incredible Catholic women around the world and then being able to introduce you to them and allowing them to speak into your life in some way so that's That's been a real joy. But I thought I'd just go back to last week's episode and and we're going to deep dive a bit more into this rhythms of renewal and what that means and what that looks like for us in our life in whatever season or state or vocation we find ourselves in because we are all in need of renewal and I think we need that more than any time at the moment. I truly believe that we are living in a very spiritually significant time, not to mention that we've just entered into the beautiful season of Lent, of that time of preparation, of drawing closer to the Lord and really seeking His will for us. So this is very timely And it's something that the Lord has been working into my spirit over the past six months. But I think there's some really powerful lessons that I would love to share with you today. Last year, towards the end of the year, I had these words, rhythms of renewal, had been moving around in my spirit. And interestingly, when the Holy Spirit's at work, the inspirations of the Holy Spirit, He often sends little things to reinforce those messages, the ways that He is trying to talk to you. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that the Lord speaks to me in lots of different ways. My daughter the other day, she asked me, she goes, well, how do you actually hear from God? It's not like you hear a voice telling you what to do. And I'm like, no, you hear him through different different avenues and channels, and he often moves with your nature and, and how he has created you as a unique and unrepeatable human person. So we all have our unique and our unrepeatable ways of discerning those inspirations of the Holy Spirit. So I don't know how the Lord speaks to you, but he often speaks to me through other people, through scripture, through experiences, When I'm in nature, I just find when I get out in nature, I just connect with him on a a whole different level. His beauty just radiates in what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing in nature. And, And that's one of the ways that the Lord really speaks to me. I just love walking and connecting with the Lord in that way. So one of the ways that the Lord really spoke to me last year when he was starting to move in my spirit around these rhythms of renewal was I came across a book by a beautiful author, a female author in the United States, Rebecca Lyons, and she actually wrote a book called Rhythms of Renewal. So God was already working in my spirit. I was already on this journey. And so when I came across this book, I'm like, oh, my goodness, the Lord is speaking. And so I'm going to go into a few of those rhythms of renewal that she talks about because they have been very, very helpful. 
And I think we need to start with the practical and with the physical. And for me, my four pillars that my life runs well, when these four pillars are strong and they're foundational and they are a priority, everything else falls into place. And for me, those four pillars are prayer, sleep, exercise and good food. And they seem very simple and they seem very practical, but they're absolutely crucial and they are central to living a life of wholeness and to living a life as women where we're stepping out in the fullness of who God's created us to be and we have something to give. And we spoke about that last week, that we cannot give what we do not possess. And when we aren't sustained, when we haven't been nurtured, we're giving out of an empty cup, which ultimately leads to resentment and sin because we get irritable, we get angry, and we become really selfish because we're trying to protect what little we have, if not anything. Over the years, I've walked with many, many women and When women come to me and they're experiencing anxiety and they're experiencing depression, my first question for them is this, have you slept well? Are you exercising? Are you eating good whole food, drinking lots of water? And are you spending time in quiet prayer and meditation every single day? If the answer's no to these, then we really have to, I believe, go back and establish these pillars, these rhythms that set us up to win in life as women. Because you and I both know life is hard enough on its own. Like seriously, we don't need to make it harder, right? And when we get these physical, practical things in place, it's a real game changer. And I'll tell you why. Because our bodies, our bodies set our physiology and our physiology impacts our brains and our emotions and our emotions and how we're feeling impacts our thoughts. And then our thoughts ultimately lead and shape and direct our actions and our behavior. So if you look at this sort of trajectory, We have to go back to the foundation of setting our physiology up to help us win. Because when we have those things right, it boosts our endorphins, it boosts our emotions and our brain health, which impacts our mindset and our emotional state, which then impacts how we choose to act and how we choose to respond. So historically, I've been a hustler. I'll just say, I think I'm a recovering perfectionist. (laughs) I wouldn't say I'm entirely there yet, but that's definitely been an area for me. I have always been the kind of person that's like, don't show me the problems. Let's see how we can make this happen. I like that challenge of problem solving. I love entrepreneurship because I love the puzzle and the business of business, trying to make things work. That's just hardwired into my DNA. It's who God's created me to be. And I guess it's part of my unique gifting and genius. But as I said last week, every gift has both a redeemed and an unredeemed side. And if we leave our gifts and we let them run their course and let them run wild without any discipline, without any rhythms in place and structure to kind of direct and guide those gifts, then ultimately they become unredeemed. And so with every gift, with every aspect of our nature, our personality, 
We are constantly needing to come before Christ and have him renew us, have him redeem us. That is the whole message of the gospel, the entire gospel, the whole point of Christ's life was that we would experience redemption. And so, yes, we need that so we're saved from our sins, but we also need that redemption in our everyday So every single day we need to be coming before the Lord. We need to thank him for the gifts that he's given us, those unique qualities and strengths that he has placed within us for a purpose. And we need to give them back to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with these gifts? Redeem these gifts so that they are used for your glory and not my own. Too often we can get caught up on the treadmill of trying to do things for God rather than being with God. And I think anything that we do for him has to first and foremost come from a place of having sat with him and really heard from him and to be renewed by him so that we have something of worth and value to give the world and to contribute to other people's lives. So I was already on this journey where the Lord was showing me these these pillars in my life that I needed to sustain me. And I kept coming back to my favorite scripture. I think if there was a signature scripture for my life, it would be this. Actually, Jonathan had a leather cover made for my Bible, and it's actually on the front and back of my Bible. But it comes from Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. And it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Now, that scripture was given to me at the tender age of 13, the night before I went in for major spinal surgery for scoliosis, and I was beside myself scared, and I opened my devotional, and that was the scripture, and that is a scripture that has come back to me throughout every season of my life. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Because so often in life, we don't see what the Lord's doing. But so often he's at work in the midst of our grief, in the midst of our trauma and loss and all of the difficulties and the challenges of life, the disappointments, the loss of hope. He is there and he is in there. And he is asking us to trust him with all of our hearts, lean not on our understanding because that is so limited, but in every single thing we do no matter if it's difficult or whether it's a season of joy, that we trust in him and he will make our path straight. He will direct our steps. Part of us being in a place where we can hear from the Lord and gain his understanding so that he can direct our paths lies in us establishing these rhythms of renewal. I love the quote from St. Joan of Arc where she says, Act and God will act. You know, the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. St. Augustine said, he who created you without your cooperation, he will not save you without your cooperation. And so when we're talking about this proverb scripture that I love so much and asking the Lord to direct our paths and help us in life, there's actually a lot that on us, a lot of responsibility that we have to position ourselves in a place where we can hear from him. And part of that, I believe, is establishing these rhythms of renewal. And this is what I just love to go into because part of my challenge last year was that I let go of my pillars. And 
And when I let go of these pillars, I kind of went into a bit of a free fall because I didn't have anything to grab hold of when the challenges and the grief came. So I really love practical things. So what I'd love to do for the remaining time together in this podcast is to give you some practical insights that you can actually take away with you and put into action in your own life. I love this idea of taking imperfect action. Nothing's going to be perfect straight away. But as my sister said, if you just start little by little, just take little baby steps every day, just start in one area of your life, like perhaps it's going to bed earlier each night or perhaps it's setting up a short time of prayer each morning. Eventually you'll find that after you've taken many baby steps, little by little, you'll look back and realize just how far you've come. And I know that's been my experience. And so the rhythms that I'd love to share with you that I guess came from Rebecca Lyon's book, Rhythms of Renewal. As I said, I was already on this journey, but what her book did was just give a structure to my experience. And I love the way she breaks these rhythms of renewal into four key areas, four key rhythms. And she says that we have to establish these rhythms in this order in our lives to set us up to hear from God, to gain his understanding, and then to just be in a better position to contribute and to bless other people. So these four rhythms that she sort of breaks down and encourages us all towards are number one, a rest rhythm. Number two, a restore rhythm. Number three, connect rhythm. And number four, create rhythm. And so what I'd like to do is just deep dive into each of these four rhythms and give you some practical insights and strategies that you can actually take away today and reestablish some of your own routines and your own rhythms of renewal. And I guarantee you, you'll be thanking me for it because I know that it has helped so much in my own life. I know it's going to help in yours too. So let's take a look at this first rhythm, the rest rhythm. Now, there's so many layers here, and I think in her book, she kind of breaks down a number of these, and she starts by saying we have to take an inventory of our own life. We have to press pause. We have to step away from all of the things that grab and demand our attention and take an inventory, pick up a journal, go into nature, go somewhere quiet, and just start to still your soul so that you can take a critical look at what's going right in your life, what's not working and what you can change. And we have to go back to the basics. And when we do this, I think we gain a critical perspective. Love the quote from Socrates where he says, the unexamined life is not worth living. So I think when we examine our own life, when we take inventory and take stock and have a really good look at what's going on in our life, then it causes us to move towards a place of wholehearted living where we actually, yes, sure, we experience pain, but we also experience immense joy and we live from a place that is deep, passionate, fulfilling. So take a look at your life, write down some of these questions and then answer them. So number one, what's going right for you in your life at the moment? What's going really well? What's working? What areas are you kicking goals and feel like you've got it pretty worked out? Okay, so what's right? Then take a look at what's wrong 
What's not working in your life? Then take a look at what areas do you experience confusion in that you can't get clarity in? And finally, look at what's missing. What does your heart crave? What are you longing for? Are you longing for deeper friendships, connection, time alone, prayer, like what deeper intimacy in your marriage? What is missing? And when you do this, honestly, you get this whole different perspective on things. It's really, really helpful. So I really want to encourage you to do it. I think we fall into a terrible trap of grabbing our digital pacifiers. <laughs> so, you know, we've got dummies for children. As soon as they cry, we ram a dummy in their mouth. And now we have an entire generation of young and older people who, when life is uncomfortable or painful or they're feeling confused or there's just something going on in them that they don't quite understand what it is and it makes them uncomfortable, we grab our phones our digital pacifiers, and we start scrolling. And so we numb out to what is actually happening in our soul. And when we do this, we're disconnecting from our soul, which is ultimately the place that we live rich and fulfilling lives from. So take an inventory of your life. This is the first rhythm of rest and see what's working and what's not. Then silence the noise in your life. Oh, my goodness. Get off your digital pacifier. (laughs) It's just like put it away. I have started leaving my phone upstairs when I come down to the office every day. So I don't know who's texting me. I can't go on Instagram. I can't answer any phone calls. And then when I go up at lunch, I have a quick check for a very set boundary time for about 20 minutes. And then again, towards the end of the day when I'm sitting in the school pickup line. And this is a discipline that we have to work towards. Now, if you haven't watched the Netflix documentary Social Dilemma, you should. If you've got teenagers, you must. (laughs) We watched it with our kids and we were like, oh, my goodness. I mean, we're a little anti-tech in our family anyway because we just see the, the impact and the damage that it has on young brains. But we forget that it actually impacts our brains as adults too. And I find it hard to get off. I mean, those devices, those platforms are designed to keep us on there for as long as possible. And so when we take inventory, when we start living intentionally, we're not a slave to social media. We can actually set some limits around it and silence the noise. And I don't know about you, but over the Christmas break, I was just off social, off the internet, off news, and it was awesome. And so... I really want to encourage you to do that too. Part of this rhythm of rest is just carving out space and time to be silent because it is in the silence of the heart that God actually speaks. So when we silence our heart, and we need to do it for a while, (laughs) then we really can lean in and hear from the Lord. We can be more tuned in to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit and respond. I think part also of this rhythm of rest is really literally about rest. It's about getting good sleep because sleep restores your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit. It's so important. I also have always been a big one on this, but as I really reflected on these rhythms and establishing these rhythms of renewal, I just felt really convicted about establishing once again the practice of the Sabbath. 
of the day of rest. Because God rested, right? So if it was good enough for God and good enough for Jesus to draw aside to a quiet place to pray and to restore his soul, then it's good enough for us and we must do it. And so for us in our family, each Sunday now we have a roast at lunch and we spend extended family time. We might watch a movie together. We might have people over, friends and close friends and family. And just really observing that practice of the Sabbath. I try and do all the uniforms on the Saturday and don't go to the shops and we try and stay off tech. And I think it just sets you up to win the coming week. The other thing that I have established is just bookending my day with routines of of rest and prayer. So really being intentional about getting up out of bed, not checking my phone, (laughs) having a shower and then going to prayer. And then of an evening, putting the kids to bed, not checking my phone, going to my chair and reading my Bible and doing my rosary. And those that whole rhythm of rest is really, really awesome. It's just made such a big difference. That rhythm alone has transformed my life. So once we have rested, we are then in an optimal position to be restored. And this is the second rhythm of renewal that Rebecca Lyons speaks about in her book, Rhythms of Renewal. I know that when I was in that season last year, what I craved was simplicity. And I think sometimes just connecting with kids helps you to connect with that simplicity and that need just to play and just to relax and just give up control and just be in the moment. But I don't know about you, but sometimes when we're going through a difficult season and we're we can, when you have thing upon thing that just comes, bad news or difficulty, you can find yourself in a position of just waiting for the next bad piece of news. And so you never quite relax. You're kind of in this state of fight or flight where you're constantly tense. You're just in survival mode, basically. And I remember, you know, many years ago, we have a 14-year-old daughter now, but Back in the day when, before we had kids, we had six years of infertility. And I remember during those six years, it just became easier to stay sad than it was to experience the pockets of joy that could be found along the way. And I think when we are in a difficult season of life, kind of tapping into the joy, tapping into a spirit of playfulness and just being relaxed helps to restore our soul and our spirit so that we can be sustained through whatever it is we are called to face. So this rhythm of restoration sort of involves connecting with a childlike spirit, so to speak, being playful, finding those things that you really enjoy doing. It also involves just being restored through good food and nutrition, like feeding your brain, restoring your brain, restoring your body so that you have an internal strength to draw on physically. It has a huge impact on our emotions when we eat well. So do that. The other area is just being restored in this area of our identity. And I think as women, we fall into the trap so often of not feeling like we're enough that we're not pretty enough, smart enough, good enough, that we don't measure up. We, can, we fall into the comparison trap all the time of measuring our gift and our value against somebody else's. But you know what? You're just called to do you. You're called to run in your lane. And so to connect with your unique 
purpose and gift and mission in this world, you have got to be grounded and restored in a true and a grounded sense of identity as the beloved daughter of God. If you're unsure of this, go to scripture, read truth there. You are a child of God. That is your identity. You are redeemed. You are chosen. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are cherished. You are strong in the Lord. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but one of courage. So stepping into that identity, claiming your identity, receiving your identity from the Lord is a critical part of this rhythm of renewal because when you're secure in your identity as a child of God, as the beloved daughter, then you don't need to hustle for your worth. You don't need to prove anything to anybody because you know that you are living in the truth of who he created you to be that the gifts he's given you, he's given you for a purpose. And when the season and the time is right and you've watered those gifts, they will be able to be used to make a contribution, to bless others and to bring the light and the love of Christ into the world. So identity is very important in this rhythm of restoration. So the third rhythm that I want to talk about and share with you is that of the connect rhythm. Once we have rested, once we are restored in our spirit, we are in a position to really connect with people and we need it. You see, we are hardwired for relationship as human beings. We are created in the image and likeness of God, which means we were created in relationship in the relationship of the Trinity and we were created to have relationship with God our Father and with those that we do life with. It's these relationships that we have with people that give our lives meaning and context and purpose. So I think part of the hole that I fell into last year in terms of grief and and everything was I guess the loss of my family was such a significant loss that I, even I, underestimated it. I had a few very close friends who know how important family is to me and how close my family is. I mean, it would have been okay if we didn't actually like each other, but we kind of do. So these people saw it and got it before I did, which is kind of funny. I mean, I was devastated. I was really sad. But I don't think I really appreciated the impact that that would have on me and my kids and just our life here where we live. But I remember just thinking about this one day and and just realizing I had this pervading sense of meaninglessness, this kind of foreboding dread. And I started sort of reflecting on questions like, well, what is the purpose of my home without people and relationships to visit, these people that really formed my social matrix. Like once that was taken away, what's the point of my home? And what what is the point investing in people if they either die or they move away from you and you don't get to have that relationship? And so these were some of the things that were going through my head last year. And it was such a blessing to get up and see my family at Christmas because I could see a way forward. I could see a way how we can do relationships at a distance. But I think the point of the story is to say that the relationships that we have with key people in our life, those connections are very important for our renewal. 
So the fourth and the final rhythm of renewal is around this rhythm of creating, learning to get in touch with what it is that we are called to do. Viktor Frankl in his book Man's Search for Meaning has this beautiful quote where he says, life is never made unbearable by circumstance but only by a lack of meaning and purpose. And I think that is so true. I know I've experienced it. I hear it in the lives of so many women that when we do not understand or we're not in touch with our purpose, our lives lack meaning. (laughs) They lack purpose. They lack direction. They lack color. And so so often we can then get on this treadmill of just production of the routine and the grind of everyday life. Get up, do the kids if you're a mum, or go to work and come home and do this. And we just get on that treadmill and we can't get off. And somewhere along the path of our life, I think a lot of those dreams that we had when we were little, all those big goals, get choked by the weeds of life and they get it suffocated. And sometimes, and really sadly, those dreams even get completely snuffed out. And when we bury our dreams and when our dreams are suffocated, we end up living these lives of quiet desperation, living in the suburbs, going to work, going through our routines while we're quietly dying inside. But you know what? That is not how God intended you to live. He created you to live and experience something of heaven while you're here on earth. But not only that, he created you to co-create with him in bringing something of heaven to earth. That is precisely what gives us meaning and purpose. Beautiful quote from Mark Twain where he says, We have two of the most important days in our life are the day we were born and then the day we find out why we were born. And it's this why that we really need to connect with in this rhythm of creating. Why are we here? Like, why are we here? And what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do with our lives, with our gifts, with our talents? There's that beautiful quote that says, the glory of God is man or woman fully alive. And when you see and when you witness and encounter people who are operating in the height of their gifts, I don't know about you, but it just brings me such joy. But when life happens to you and it chokes your dreams, well, it's natural that a lot of those dreams die. Part of this rhythm of creating is reconnecting and rediscovering our passions. What is it that you like to do for a hobby or for relaxation? What is it that brings you joy? And I think it's really helpful to ask some questions in our inventory when we're taking an inventory of our life, to ask questions like, what is it that I really liked to do when I was eight or nine years of age? What did I love doing? What were the talents and the skills that people saw in me? And then how can I reconnect with those? Like, what is it that would bring me joy and happiness right now? What makes my heart feel alive right now? And insights into these questions will give you clues as to your purpose and possibly reconnect you with your dream. See, every single person has a unique and an unrepeatable design. They call it a motivational design. 
And so the key is for every person to discover what their key motivational design is, what their unique design is. Because in discovering your unique design, you will discover your purpose. And I don't know about you. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the place I want to be living in. I cannot tell you how important these rhythms of renewal are of rest, restoration, connection, and creation. And so I want to really encourage you to get your journal out and to make some time and space and take an inventory of your life and reflect on some of the questions I've put to you in this podcast. I really hope and pray that in establishing these rhythms, in drawing closer to God and in acting, that God will act in your life and that he will lead you to this beautiful place of discovery where your heart comes alive and then it is sustained so that you can be everything that he created you to be. Well, I hope those rhythms of renewal are helpful and I really hope and pray that you're able to put them into practice in your own life. Now, if you want to go deeper with this content, I really want to invite and encourage you to register for the Catholic Women's Live Virtual Conference, which is on the 5th to the 6th of March, Australian time. Friday evening, it starts at 6pm till 10pm. And then on Sunday from 9am till 2pm. And it is going to be amazing. We have got some incredible, incredible, incredible speakers lined up. We're going to be looking at awakening the dream within, what it is that holds women back, how you can start dreaming, and how you can start living a life of wholeness and fulfillment. You can register for the Genius Project and the Sisterhood Live virtual event at www.geniusproject.co. Until next week, have a beautiful week. God bless you and start dreaming.